What's up guys? It's a great day. This is Fuquan Bilal and we are back with another great episode of the PFREI podcast series. We interview experts in the real estate business in order to provide you with some of the best investment strategies and techniques used by leading fund managers, financiers, house flippers, and more. We appreciate every single one of you for taking the time to press play on the podcast and hope you enjoy this new episode. All right, guys, we're back again with another great episode of PFREI. I'm your host, Fuquan Bilal. Today we have Brett Snodgrass. So we're really going to dig into uh, some wholesaling, a couple other things. Brett and I were part of a, a mastermind collective genius, and I learned so much stuff from the members there. And I, you know, I reached out to these guys and said, hey, you know, come to the show and, and add some value to our listeners. And there's a lot of guys and gals out there looking to learn stuff. So, you know, I always try to bring people uh, that's going to deliver the high caliber content. So, um, you know, let's just, uh, you know, let's get into it. Uh, basically, I'll, I'll just read your background real quick so the audience will know what we have. And if I, if I screw it up, just correct me. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> so, so you've been doing this full time for about 13 years. Um, you know, you specialize in wholesaling, wholesaling, creative financing, uh, and scaling a business from a one-man band to an amazing full team running hundreds of deals per year. So you have specialized knowledge and firsthand experience in several facets of the real estate investing. Uh, you're also an investor in Indianapolis and loves uh, being a, what is that, a Hoosier? Housier? What is that? Um, I'm not looking at it right now. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> So he works with investors all over the country who want to invest with top-rated cash-flowing markets uh, in the nation in Indianapolis, Indiana. I was looking at some multifamily stuff, but we'll, we'll talk about that um, in a bit. But yeah, man, you, you're doing 300 plus properties a year and, and it's, it's, it's insanity. Like I, I never knew that one can actually do that many deals until I joined the group. I was like, wow, how the hell are they doing this? So let's <laughs> dive into it. The first question, Brett, that I usually ask the guests on the show is, you know, why are you passionate for real estate investing? Yeah, thanks for having me on the show, Fuquan. I really appreciate it. Uh, and I just hope to bring value to all your listening audience out there. So like like you said, I'm Brett Snodgrass and I live in Indiana, Midwest boy. And uh, so first question is, why am I passionate about real estate investing? Uh, well, I mean, I've been doing it for the last 13 years and it's really the only type of business and money-making tool and platform that I've actually been good at, right? Uh, you know, back in 2007 is when I got started, read a couple of books, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and, and uh, you know, The Millionaire Next Door, books like that. And it really just changed my life, uh, changed my mindset, and really just wanted to use real estate as a tool for me personally, everybody's a little bit different for uh, ultimate freedom. And uh, it's funny when you read the bio because we do a lot of deals. So typically we do about 300. Last year in 2020, we did uh, 265. And, uh, and this year we'll probably do about 300 again. But honestly, I've actually stepped out of the business about a year ago. So, so me personally, we do that many deals and, and I've been able to work, you know, literally less than five hours a week in my business. Uh, most of the time I'm working with investors like yourself, um, working with lenders and private money investors. And that's, that's really what I do. Um, so for me, real estate investing has just been a tool to bring me freedom. Uh, and, and when I say freedom, uh, it's really just gives me options. And I, I, you know, I don't really have to ask the question if, if I have enough money 
to do the certain things that I really want to do. Um, now I don't have to ask myself if I have enough time to do the things that I really enjoy doing. Uh, and it's also brought me, you talked about insanity. Uh, well, uh, for me, I've been more sane in the last year than I've been in some of the other years, just because I've, I've gotten out of the business and it's brought just a lot of freedom and a lot of joy to my life. So there that's you go. awesome. That's awesome. It sounds like you're in the owner box. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I'm fresh. That's a beautiful thing, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm fresh in the owner's box. Uh, let's see. This is eight months in now. So I've definitely gotten my feet wet with it and I'm, um, you know, almost a year into it. And, uh, it's just been a, a huge blessing for me. And, uh, and I just want to encourage people that if you're in that position, you know, I always thought CEO, right. Was like the highest position that you can get to. You, you never really hear about going beyond the CEO position, uh, until I started talking to my coach and, and he said, Brett, do you even want to be the CEO anymore? And I honestly didn't even know that that was an option for me. And I said, you know, eventually I thought about it. And I said, no, I don't really want to be the CEO. And I realized the CEO was just another position, right? It's just like the acquisitions guy, the dispositions guy, an administrative assistant. It's really just another position that I could hire out and I could sit in the owner's box and really have that freedom where, you know, I'm not in meetings. I, uh, you know, I get reported to and I know how much money we're making and things like that. But, um, but I'm, I haven't talked to a seller. I haven't seen a house. I haven't done any jealous, of that in a long time. Me <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get there. Soon yeah. I'll be here. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a beautiful thing, man. It's a beautiful thing. And I'm, I'm so grateful, um, you know, to be in a group with, with people who actually are striving for, for things that are on that level because it makes me want um, to be on that level as well. So thank you guys for providing that inspiration. But yeah, you, you said 13 years, you came in in 2007. Let's talk about that a little bit because, you know, you came in, you was excited to get in real estate then. Boom. I don't know if you got punched in the face, but I got punched in the face in 0809. I don't know. I might've got a broken jaw. I had to start off, start off all over again. <laughs> how, how was that experience for you? You know, wanting to get into real estate and then all of a sudden it just changed. I mean, did it actually help you? Because a lot of people who came in during the downtime, mm -hmm. those are the people who were just getting started, who went through while the guys like myself who was already in 10 years at that point just like gave up, like, oh my God, it's over. So mm -hmm. let's talk about that yeah. a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Uh, for me, it helped me, honestly. I think I bought my first house at the end of 2007 and that was when the market was starting starting to go down. 2008 was when you know all the news hit and everybody realized, wow, it's just things are, are really crazy, but it had been going down for a while. So for me, uh, honestly, 2008 was an amazing year for me. Uh, I ended up, bought our first house in 2007. I think we bought 10 houses in 07. And then in 08, we bought 150. So, uh, and we were just buying and selling houses. So that's how I got started. I didn't really have a lot of money to invest in into rentals and things like that. So the reason why I started in wholesaling and wholetailing is kind of what we do, what our model is is because, you know, I didn't have a lot of money, honestly, at that time. I bought a house and then we had to sell that house really fast. And back then we were doing just a lot of REO properties. So for me, I would get on the MLS and see a, a huge, just a bunch of cheap properties, very cheap prices, and it was all REOs. So that's how we got started. So it was a blessing for me. Um, 
you know, kind of fast forward, we did that for a few years. And my dad, he was a teacher. He got to retire. He joined my business and our business. And, uh, and then the market came back. So again, we had to adjust, figure out, okay, what are we going to do now? Uh, we can't buy REOs anymore. Uh, so we started fixing and flipping properties. So dad and mom, we'd all, you know, buy a house and I was sanding the floors, dad, he's putting in the cabinets and putting in baseboards and, it was, it was crazy. And we did that for about three years. And I realized that that was a tough business. That was a tough job for me. I didn't really know how to manage contractors and it was just a lot of work. Uh, so then in 14, 2014, 2015, uh, I decided I'm going to go back into wholesaling, wholesaling and, and chase deals. I'm gonna learn how to do it. And that brings us up till today. So that's when I started, um, you know, built a team, delegated, and then eight months ago, stepped that up completely out of the business. That's beautiful, man. So, so let's talk about the wholesaling thing because everybody that gets into the business, they gravitate to that because they think it's the easiest thing to do, right? I guess on some level, um, it is, but not at a three hundred deal a year level because you have to have, you know, your acquisitions, your lead manager, your transaction coordinator. You have to have all these people, you know, in harmony to make it work. Um, let's talk about that a little bit for, for those who, who may be looking to get into wholesaling or people who's just getting started, try to give them a little bit of education on what this setup should be for it to be successful. Uh, you know, this is somebody who don't have a couple hundred thousand to go ahead and have all this payroll and all this other stuff. What is the basic setup that somebody needs to have if they're just trying to do maybe 20 deals a year, you know, something yeah. like that. And, and you, you know, you don't have to have a huge, you know, 200, 300 deal a year to have an amazing business. I know guys that do 20 deals a year and they rock it, right? They have maybe them and maybe a couple of guys on their team and they do an amazing job, right? So uh, just because I do that many, I have a lot of people to pay, <laughs> right? So, um, so really just try to think about that, but wholesaling, uh, for me, it's, I think it just depends on what does it for you, uh, and, and what you're really good at. And the reason why I gravitated towards wholesaling as a business is again, you know, our business is called simple wholesaling. I wanted a very simple model and I wanted to take a lot of the middle things out of the business that could go wrong because that's what I realized when I was flip fixing and flipping properties is I would buy the house, right. And then there's all that middle stuff, right? There's the contractors or fixing up the properties. There's, you know, finding things that you didn't know about. Then someone buys it and they get a loan and they get an appraisal and then the loan falls through and then you got to put it back on the market and all the holding costs. And I realized, man, all that middle stuff really uh, chopped my profit away. So I wanted a simple model to take all that middle stuff out. And I wanted, um, you know, I'm always, uh, I like the quick nickel rather than the slow dime. So for me, wholesaling just made sense. I was a good marketing guy. I was good with people and, um, and I like chasing deals. Right. And I like to, and I like to do a lot of them. So, so that's, you know, wholesaling literally is a marketing company, I would say. So really you market for properties. You're looking for, for good deals. You're looking to talk to private individuals who are motivated to sell their home for some reason. They might've gotten divorced, inherited a home. There's all sorts of things why someone might be motivated to sell their home. So you look for those people and then you just have a conversation with them and, and, uh, and see if you can, you know, solve their problem and, and make a deal. And, mm -hmm. uh, and then once you do the deal, you can literally, if you have a list of investors over here that are looking for deals, you can sell that deal the next day, most of the time, uh, or the next week. So it's a very quick business. It's money in money out very fast. Uh, 
And that's just what I liked. And again, it took all the middle pieces out uh, of, of, and that was the stuff I would just get really hurt on. So Mm. How, how is the current marketplace affecting your business? I mean, it, it's a seller's market. I mean, in New Jersey, we have a, a huge migration from New York. So stuff that was selling for two seventy dollars last year, believe it or not, it's $420,000. I, I can't believe it. A mm-hmm. two-family house in a, yeah. in a town where the max value a year ago was two seventy. dollars I, I just, I'm actually about to close on one for four twenty, dollars and it's like, I feel bad almost like, <laughs> like where's the mark? So how does that affect uh, the wholesaling part? Because if it's that competitive where people are paying retail price and you got a lot of dumb money coming in, you know, how is that affecting, you know, you and a, you able to get it in and get those good deals with, you know, the same profit margins. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, uh, it's really competitive right now. Really tough, honestly. So we have to dig deeper on the marketing and and we got to talk to more people and, you know, do more marketing. We have to spend more money on marketing today than we did three years ago to get that one deal. Now, what is different about that is, is we don't have to do as many deals right now because, uh, again, like you said, uh, the market's so hot that the properties are so easy to sell and people are paying, you know, retail types of prices for them. Um, you know, investors are buying cookie cutter houses in Indianapolis, you know, to rent out for the retail price. And, uh, then that's not my fault, I guess. So, uh, we just, we just take the market to where it's at and it's a very good business right now. I think real estate is super hot. It's almost a scary hot. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Yeah. I just want to like, and, and, you know, that's why I love being in the mastermind groups that I'm a part of so we can keep our thumb on the pulse of really what's going on uh, because you can really get hurt. And, and a lot of people are going to really get hurt if they don't really know what they're doing. If they think the market is going to continue like this for the next five years, then, then they're crazy, I think. Um, will it continue like this for the next year? Probably. Uh, but I think that you really got to be careful and what we're doing right now is uh, I think that if I can stack up cash, we're selling properties and just to cr- try and you know stack up cash. And I believe that when the market turns, that we could be ready to, to really capitalize. And, and it goes back to 2008. I don't think it's going to be the same, but uh, the people that had cash in 2008, um, man, they made a killing. I know. I, I wish I was one of those guys, but I'm grateful. I'm <laughs> grateful for what I went through because it made me the person I am today. And I fight better with blood in my mouth anyway. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> hey, so, so yeah, you said a couple of things there that, that kind of hit home, which was, which was really good. People, you know, not really paying attention to the market. And I, my take on that is, you know, it's not enough inventory uh, to uh, pull that demand away. And maybe in another year, once the moratorium is lifted and the banks start releasing more REOs, there may be more product in the market. Maybe a year or two, who knows, right? You don't have a crystal ball, but something that you said, just paying attention and keeping your, you know, your pulse, keeping a pulse on what's happening with the market is, is very, very important. Um, I just think being patient. I think uh, a lot of times investors, we're not patient. We just want it right now. And the market's so hot that we're just like, oh, let's just keep going, keep going. And and that's where we're at too. I mean, we're definitely capitalizing on where the market's at right now. And, um, you know, our margins per deal are, are up, you know? So again, like I said, we don't have to do as many deals. We don't have to do 300 deals. Uh, literally, you know, 300 deals isn't, 
that sexy, honestly. So if I, if I told <laughs> you, I did, yeah, if I told you I did 300 deals and I made $5 per deal, you would think that I was absolutely crazy. It's yeah. insane. Right. So would you rather do 300 deals and make, you know, uh, $5,000 per deal, or would you rather do 150 deals and make $10,000 per deal? It's the same money. I'd rather do the 150 in my opinion. Yeah. So don't get caught up on the number of deals, but like our margins, have increased by probably 30% than they were a year ago. So, um, so that's a good thing. That's amazing, man. So let's talk about investors. How do cause with wholesaling, like you said earlier that, you know, you spend time now raising capital and focus, focus on that. And how does that play a part into your business? If you're wholesaling, like, is there another part of the business that we didn't talk about that, that play a part in, or just, you know, how, yeah. does, how does a passive investor get involved? Do you have like a turnkey model set up or what's that look like? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. So, uh, so we do a lot of the wholesaling uh, model. So, um, you know, we do some wholesaling still. We do assignments of contracts, or we get a property in a contract to sign it. We don't have to have a lender or private investors for those types of deals. But, but a lot of times we do, uh, we do wholesaling where we do buy the property. So, you know, we'll buy a hundred and twenty thousand dollar property. We'll have to close on it. So we need $120,000. And then we usually go and clean it out. So there might be junk, personal belongings, uh, $1,000 worth of stuff in the house, right? Because all these houses are, they're just messy and people just leave them. And, you know, we, we think we can make them look a little bit better. So we have a couple of crews. We send them in, clean them out. And then we relist it back on the MLS or we send it out to our investors to, to buy it. So in our mind, we feel like that if we, if we can do that model, um, we can make more money in the end uh, than if we did the wholesaling model, you know, um, that's just where the market's at. So that's why we need money. We do a lot of the wholesaling model. We also do seller financing. So, uh, so that model is the exact same model that I just said. We buy the house, we clean it out. We don't fix it up, uh, but then we sell it to an investor or to someone who's going to, you know, possibly live in it at some time. Um, we sell their finance them. So they'll put 20% down, 30% down. So take that $120,000 house. We'll sell it for 150 and they'll put down $30,000 and then we'll finance 120. And, uh, and we do a lot of that model as well. So we do need private money for, for that type of model. Um, so right now we got 70, 75 of those notes uh, that we, that we have. Uh, and then we also do a rental portfolio. So I have a small rental portfolio that I have, and it's more of a tax shelter tax, you know, uh, you know, appreciation model. Yeah. Yeah. So sure. those are the three buckets that we do. Uh, so we do the wholesaling that's and the wholesaling. That's the active income. That's where you can really just build and, and pound and, and just raise and, and just, you know, make a lot of money. And then we do the seller financing model. That's the model I enjoy. That's the residual income, uh, where you don't have to worry about toilets, termites, or anything like that you're just a bank. And then we have the rental portfolio and I do the rentals because of, of the taxes I and mean, your big, biggest expense is your taxes. If you really look at it. So I do that to save on, on taxes. That's a beautiful thing, man. I, lo I love the hybrid mix of yeah. it. Uh, I'm a big guy with diversity. So I love that. It's just not one model. There's a lot of diversity in what you do. So, uh, I mean, what, what do you, I, I want to put a note on one of your properties. How, how much interest will I earn? Like what is, what do you pay? Like, what do I pay? What <laughs> yeah. do, when I sell their yeah. finance, like what does someone no, pay no. me? I'm, or you got a deal. Okay. You need a lender. I'm your lender. What you going to pay me? What's, what's the returns? <laughs> How much do I make? 
I mean, <laughs> that's tough. That's tough question because like that's if I got six percent, seven percent, what is it? I mean, yeah. I mean, right now, honestly, where we're at, I mean, I used to pay, have to pay higher rates, but right now our business is, you know, around five and a half, six percent. That's, uh, that's where, that's just where we're at right now. And that's yeah, good. I mean, I mean and that's uh, a great, that's a great investment return. It's, I mean, I would much first position. Money. Yeah, yeah. First position. I'd rather have money in that than try to ride out gain stock, uh, stocks or something. So. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So I like the model of the seller finance and 30% down. Are you doing any wraps or anything with that? Uh, yeah, we do that some. So, um, so yeah, basically, you know, we'll get a loan from a private individual or we do uh, possibly buy a house on subject to subject to the seller's mortgage. And then we'll sell a finance using a, using a wrap right model. So on yeah. our model, like our lender, we're paying, like I said, five and a half, six percent. And then we might, they might be paying us, you know, eight to 11%. So Arbitrage. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you see, this is beautiful, man. It's like, you know, these years in the business where you actually, from a lender point of view, when I learned the note business 2011, I still think that's the best investment strategy in the universe. And the reason I, I do like too. it, you know, because of the arbitrage concept um, and you can do so many things, you can actually, you know, hypothecate the loans and borrow against them. There's a variety of different things that the banks do that you can I love do it. also as an investor. Yeah, this is beautiful. I, I love it. I mean, I think that's, the, if you look at the real estate, like, I don't know, get maybe the food chain or something like that. A lot of times the wholesalers people say, or the bird dogs are kind of just, you know, down here, they're just getting started maybe, but then the lenders, the people that are actually lending money, they're the ones at, at the top. And that was always my goal is to be a private lender. Even when I was 13 years ago, I said, you know what, if I could just do a business and make this much money and have this much money and lend it out at this percent interest, then I would be free. And that was always the goal. And now we're, we're here. And the cool thing about seller financing is, is that I, I've been able to do it along the way. It's right. It's not like I've made this business, raised up a bunch of money. Now I have to, what am I going to do with it? I have to lend it all out at one time. Well, the seller financing kind of, you know, kills two birds with one stone. It just helped, it helped build that interest along the way with the business. So love it. That's awesome, man. <laughs> Brett Snodgrass from Simple Wholesaling, man. I, I really appreciate you coming on the show and adding tremendous value in the concepts and your experience and your 13 years of, of being in the, in the business. Um, you know, do the pl plug your contact information. If anybody want to reach out to you, um, you know, do some deals with you, how can they find you? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I would actually recommend if, if anyone's watching this, we just started a YouTube channel. It's very uh, complicated. It's called the Brett Snodgrass channel on YouTube. So check out just Google Brett Snodgrass channel on YouTube and uh, leave a comment there. And we're putting out a lot of great content with most of the time it's on freedom, uh, how to, to build success and freedom and significance in your life and in your business. So check that out. And if you want to email me, it's just simple Brett, B-R-E-T-T -T, at simplewholesaling.com. And that's, that's how you can email me. Everything is simple with Brett. That's right. Simple life, man. I've actually been studying, honestly, most, I'm going to tell you, most entrepreneurs, I've been around them a long time and they have a habit of just doing more, 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 more. And I've actually been studying how to live a simpler life. Just get all the junk just out of the way, man. Cause it's just, it's a lot, you know? So <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely one of those 
I'm guilty of that doing work. <laughs> I need to be, I need to live a simple life. Thank you for sharing that. No problem. <laughs> Appreciate you coming on the show today, man. Guys, another great episode, PFRI. Be sure to like us on Facebook, check us out on Instagram and all the other, I don't know, six or seven media shows we're on. <laughs> Thanks a lot, man. <laughs> I definitely fun. appreciate you adding value today on the show. Thanks, Fuqua. I appreciate it. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Passion for Real Estate Investments podcast. Looking forward to providing you guys with more testimonials from successful real estate investors. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at a passion, the number four, REI. Thanks so much, guys. And until next time, it's a great day. Mm-hmm.